Can we talk about the hunt? Hi everyone, this is Pam at the Paper Outpost and this is the Paper Outpost podcast, the joy of junk journals. Yes, let's talk about the hunt today. There is probably half of the pleasure of making a junk journal is just hunting down the objects that you are going to be putting into your junk journal. Uh, One of my latest finds has been a cache of old skeleton keys. Oh, these blessed, beautiful, rusty, old-looking, Victorian-style, open-the-mansion-door kind of keys. I've just been crazily addicted to them lately, and I just went through a a swoop of buying a bunch of them. And, uh, of course, you know, I've I've suddenly had to have, like, seven drawers full of them. I don't know why. Um, But they're so cool! And there's something about the symbolism of a key that it unlocks the door to something and then I thought oh I could make a cover look like a door and here's a key dangling from the spine jewelry wouldn't that be cool or make it maybe I could make it my thing my little signature thing there might be a a skeleton key on every journal um and apparently it's not my signature thing because I haven't done it on all my journals but um it is a fun thing to play with so you never know what you're going to stumble across that will all of a sudden perk your mind and and make you think, hey, this would be so awesome on a journal. Oh, yes. So, okay, let's talk about the hunt. And um, I have a few key places that I go to um, repetitively just because they're kind of guaranteed treasure chests. And I just like to talk about the experiences of going through these different places to see where you can find what and what are the best approaches. Um, how can you score the most um, or the least and also have a grand adventure in the process? I could say, okay, number one, first of all, shop at home. I know, I know you've heard me say that, but shop at home because so much is available to you right in your home. Um, you know, you've got your junk mail and your kitchen drawer and your old makeup and your shoe polish and your copy paper and your magazines and you know you start looking around and there is a ton of stuff in your own house um, so I highly highly recommend you pillage your home and I have another podcast on uh, craft supplies are everywhere and um, that goes into detail on how to seriously pillage your home I think I take you through every room in your house and and kind of give you whisper little secrets on where to look where to look for stuff um, don't forget about hardware in the garage, you know, little washers and um, washers can be great for the other side of a magnet. If you're using any magnet closures, um, you don't always have to do magnet to magnet. You can do magnet to washer. Yeah, yeah, you can. And that will extend, that will double the length of the number of your uh, magnets that you have on hand if you're using any of those. So a little tip from the trenches there. Um, okay, so the home we've uh, uh talked about that we've kind of covered the home gamut um oh and number two would be outside okay mother nature gives you uh buku options for junk journal supplies number one you can use her leaves and things like that for stencils um and you can also dry her flowers and um put them in your journals um and uh, you could just do so many things you could put um sticks and things like that as spine dangles i mean you could just really get creative and go to town um maybe coil them on copper wire or something like that that would look cool i mean just just so so many things don't get me started don't get me started i have a coconut tree outside of my room here and uh that mesh stuff that comes off the coconut tree always makes for a nice stencil 
and um, you could actually write, embed that onto your cover and uh, maybe spray paint over it and use it as a background. I mean, there's just, uh, yeah, there's, nature is amazing. And, uh, oh, I, I must tell you a little thing. I was riding my bike yesterday and there was four baby turtles on the road, in the middle of the road, uh, in my neighborhood. And of course, when I saw the first one, I thought it was an Oreo cookie because it was about that big. And I was riding by it and then the Oreo cookie's head popped up. And I had to do a U-turn to take a closer look at it. And I realized it's a baby turtle. So I'm like, oh, little guy, let me help you, you know. So I reach down and I pick him up and I, I'm looking at him. And of course, I'm taking 17 pictures of him. And I, I, there's little lakes around us. So I'm, I'm telling him that I'm going to take him to the lake and life is going to be good and, and everything is grand. Well, um, I get back on my back and I literally ride two feet and his brother is standing there staring at me up from my ankles going yo up down here feeling very dry and parched you got any room extra room there in that paw of yours ma'am so yep okay he came up and then that happened two more times so I was up to four turtles and let's just say these four Oreo cookie sized turtles were rambunctious and they were hard to hold on to in my hand so I had to put them in my shirt like as if I was you know a peasant coming in from the apple orchards, you know, that, that kind of style, like in my shirt and then squash my shirt closed in front. And then I had to ride one-handed, which is not hard, except when you're getting going or stopping, which I have learned <laughs> during this process that actually getting going one-handed is not that easy. So I rode them over to one of our lakes and uh, I dropped them in and off they went. And uh, I'm hoping they are doing well. So I figured, okay. And I looked around where I found them and I just made sure there was nobody else that I didn't see because I kind of think turtles come in big batches. So this was only four. I thought I may have, it's possible. I don't know why I'm going off on the turtle thing, but basically in a nutshell, um, the turtles went in the lake and I rode another half mile away and I found another baby turtle. And this baby turtle did not look like the original baby turtles. He had a different head, different neck, totally different color, round head, not the pointy head of the other one. But I put him in the lake too. So anyway, um, what I'm trying to get at is you never know what Mother Nature is going to ask you. And no, no turtles were harmed in making any books. I can assure you that. But it did kind of get me on the turtle theme. Oh, wouldn't that be cool to do a turtle journal? Oh, I'm going to see if I can make a DigiKid for that. Um, That would be fun. I really love turtles. (laughs) And... uh, uh, okay, so we are outside in nature and we put a button on that one. But let's go forward. Now we're actually going towards garage sales. Let's go to garage sales next. I would say that's the next notch up in the world of the hunt. And the wonderful thing about garage sales is my, my personal tip is um, never... Um, uh, I, I always re- recommend if you're going to ask for a price on one item ask them what is your best price on this because that kind of just like brings it down right away they'll be like okay well I really they're thinking I really want this but my best price what I would really take would be that and you can kind of get to that point already so it cuts to the chase so that's helpful for the one item purchase but what I highly recommend is you peruse the heck out of that garage sale and I can throw estate sales into this too you know where you can walk inside the house and gather things together There's always a distinct advantage, in my opinion, if you create a pile. And when you create the pile, you ask for a global price. And uh, it always works out, not always, but it always works out in your favor when they're trying, they're very busy, bless their souls. They're very busy, they can't stop and add every single 
one up. Sometimes they can, and that blows the whole the whole theory. So don't, don't you know, if that happens, that's just what it is. You got to decide whether you want the stuff that bad or not. But more often than not, they're overwhelmed. They just want to move the stuff. You know, they know they're only doing this for a day or two, so they got to get what they can get. And you're standing there with this mountain of stuff, and um, I'm like, what do you want for the whole pile? And they're like, and they always come up with a round number. It's always like, you know, 10 bucks or five bucks or 20 bucks. It's it's never like 1750 or anything like that, because you know, they haven't calculated. And um, uh, so I feel like I'm doing them a service because I'm moving a lot of their inventory quickly for them because I have personally had a lot of garage sales. So I know I am always grateful when somebody comes along and just buys a whole bucket load of stuff because that means I don't have to drag it back in my garage. I'm happy. I've got some cash in my pocket and I was ready to get rid of that stuff anyway. So it's okay. So, um, uh, yeah, the, the worst thing you can run into is the, the ones, the people that are married to their stuff. And I mean the people that are not ready to let it go to the universe yet. And you'll know immediately when you encounter these folks because they're like, oh, they start to give you the history of the item. Yeah, my Uncle Joe. And as soon as you hear there's like some kind of family bonding to something, the price is like off the Richter scale. You might as well just leave at that moment. Just just walk out the door. But um, if it's the best thing that can happen is the person that you're negotiating with has no personal connection to the item. They're not emotionally bonded to it. They could care less. It's just one of those things they want out the door as fast as they can. They're the neighbor who came over to help with uh, the garage sale, or they're the sister and it's not her stuff. You know what I mean? Those are the ones you want to target <laughs> um, and you'll get yourself the best deal. And everybody's happy at the end of the day because we got stuff, they got merchandise moved, they've got cash in their pocket and we're all happy. And um, so it's a good thing. So there's definitely little tactics out there. Don't be shy. Um, um, I would say, if you say, would you take X five bucks for this? You might get a yes or a no. But if you say, um, uh, you know, I could do, I could do five on this. Like you could, like, like I, got, I got $5 to spend would you take that for this? You know, and, and kind of that kind of resets the game. Okay. Because then all of a sudden there's a baseline, there's a line drawn in the sand because everybody always wonders where the line is going to be drawn because obvious, uh, often the negotiation either goes up or down from there. But when you draw the line in the sand and you say, I've got five bucks on me, you know, well, you might have 10 bucks on you, but you do have five bucks on you. So, um, it's not lying. <laughs> and, uh, but you got to start somewhere. You know what I mean? And, um, then there's the other one. I'll just whisper this in your ear and I, I don't do it a lot, but sometimes if I really want some stuff and I'll pull out a bunch of stuff and, um, uh, you know, I'll say, um, you know, what do you want for the pile of stuff? And, and they'll say 10 bucks. And I'm like, Oh, I can't do 10. That's too much. And I'll kind of walk away disinterested. And then I'll let some other people, they'll get involved in other sales and people asking questions and stuff like that. Um, and I might just kind of sort of saunter by without a direct attack, but just sort of, um, you know, are you sure you can't do five on that? Because I'd really be happy to take that off your hands for five. And uh, usually I get shot down again, but I found if you stick it out to the third drive-by or, or you encounter them having a difficult sale with somebody else, you kind of walk by and just whisper, I've still got that $5 burning a hole in my pocket. And almost to get rid of you, they're like, fine, 
I'll, I'll take it. Just give me the five. <laughs> and uh, you're, you're, uh, you're good. You're out the door and you got your stuff and they made a sale. And uh, so hopefully that's another technique. I shouldn't give you all these secrets. These are, I, you know, these things get out. These are valuable. Um, <laughs> but um, it, there's a sport of it. You know what I mean? It's a bit of a sporting game when you're out there with the garage sale. Who can get the better deal? And sometimes it's not about the money, but sometimes it is about the money. Let's say it, you know, sometimes you're deciding between grocery money and junk journal supply money and you got to You got to get out there and uh, finagle and haggle and negotiate. Um, and do your best. But if that's not your scene and, and you're not comfortable doing that and stuff like that, just pay full retail garage sale price, whatever they say. Just pay for it. If you really want it, get it. It's still going to be less than at the stores and you're still going to get a good deal and everybody's going to be happy at the end of the night. So then we go along to the next level of uh, purchasing. And I would say this would be the um, what I call the bottom of the bucket, the thrift stores. Um I would say Goodwill would be more at the top of the bottom of the bucket of the thrift stores just because they're a little, I, I kind of find them pricey, honestly, for the stuff. You know, I can sometimes get, you know, new tank tops and stuff for less in Walmart than I'm paying at the Goodwill. So you kind of scratch your head about that and think about that and decide whether that's really the tact you want to take. But the nice thing about the thrift stores, they have a lot of stuff and they have it in categories. And now you can saunter right over to the stationary section where they have all the old papers and pens and stickers and whatnot all gathered together there and it's so nice and you can just rummage through and have a good old time and sometimes it's sticker day like blue stickers are 50% off today so you go in there with your blue sticker blinders on and you just pick up all blue sticker stuff and have fun and you get a really good price that way Um, Then they've got the fabric section or they've got the clothing section, which I actually see as fabric. So if you go into the real, what I call the cheapy cheap uh, thrift stores, which, uh, um, yeah, if I'm at a garage sale, I never pay more than a dollar for an item of clothing. That's just my thing. Um, But you can, if you really like the fabric, you can incorporate it into junk journals beautifully. You can get amazing pieces of lace through clothing if you don't actually find bolts of material and things like that. Oh, not to mention all the craft supplies that are unloaded at garage sales and uh, um, thrift stores, too. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply so you can buy buckets of stuff. The Goodwill does have a nice, um, or at least my Goodwill does have, um, they bag up craft supplies and they put a price on it. And it's usually like $2.99, $5.99, $7.99, $9.99, sometimes $12.99, depending on what's in it. And uh, sometimes you can see inside and sometimes you can't. And there's a big sign that says, whatever you do, don't don't open the bags. because uh, But all the bags are open because somebody stuck their little finger in there and wanted to see what was inside. But what I have found more often than not, if I buy the bag and I get it home and I open it up, I always get my money's worth. I find things that are deep buried in the bag that are a lot more expensive than what the bag cost. And sometimes one item can pay for the entire bag. And um, I try and I try and keep everything, which is not always good. I try and keep everything because I think one day I will use those pipe cleaners in my journals. I just haven't figured out a way yet. And um, 
So I, you know, everything has potential, but I just not, might not know the potential right away. And that's how you really fill up your craft room super fast. So um, yeah, that's one way to do that. Um, and, but then we have a hospital thrift shops and stuff, and they seem to be very uh, nicely priced with their items. They're very inexpensive, and I can buy old books there by the bushelfuls for next to nothing. Um, and also um, the hospital shop, oh, and the St. Vincent de Paul. We have a St. Vincent de Paul, and they're very reasonably priced as well. So if you have any of those in your neighborhood or in a closed town, check those out. Um, then I would say, once we're getting out of the thrift stores, you might want to occasionally wander into an antique shop. And um, now, anytime you say antique shop, the price goes up, right? But I have been pleasantly surprised, and I have found some things that um, they're just ready to move. And often it's things like doilies or um, pretty lace curtains or, um, you know, something like that that has a, a, a nice edge to it that uh, is a little pricier, but it, you might want to just buy a few pieces. You don't want to buy the whole farm. I found piano uh, music roll paper in antique shops. That's a nice place to find that. Um, old ledgers, sometimes you can find that. And um, um, so I will um, um, then I will um, after exploring my antique shops and yeah the doilies and the napkins and make sure you wash you make sure you wash that stuff because you know people blow their nose in napkins so um, like hankies um, yeah wash that if you're going to use it in a journal um, the world will feel better it will be a better place and or any linens or anything like that just make sure and the clothing make sure you wash it you launder it be respectful of who it will go to and um, that will be nice and sometimes you can get really good deals on stuff that has uh, let's say it was used for a tablecloth or something and there's some spots on it well you're not going to use an entire tablecloth for a junk journal but you can so you can cut around the spots you don't have to use the spots you know there's a lot of material there that's perfectly good that um, has no spots but you know certainly the person who's selling it to you they're thinking you're going to use it as a tablecloth so you know if you have to point out the spots you have to point out the spots or they may have already discounted it because it has spots so don't always think just because it's an antique shop that the prices are going to be out of your reach sometimes they have little blowout corners or clearance areas or they know their spots on stuff and um, they will give you a reduced rate. And you can also do the big pile of stuff. Um, do you think if I got, you know, a bunch of things, you might be able to give me a good deal on, on the, the lot of it? And often they're like so happy to have anybody walk in the store that um, they'll work with you. And, and if you find a few shops that you like to go to a lot, you'll find your uh, discounts get deeper and deeper and deeper. And uh, that's another way to do that. And uh, um, okay, so going from the antique shops, I would say the next place would probably be online you know if you're looking for supplies vast worlds of availability online who are we kidding we've got amazon we've got etsy we've got ebay we've got aliexpress we've got every other known little mom and pop shop that is willing to um, sell you supplies plus you can do a lot of um oh don't forget about home depot and stuff like that there's um you know hardware stores carry tons of things that can be used in junk journals wire um little you know handles and facets and all sorts of things that can be put on your covers and spine dangles and you just spend a little time in there with your junk journal hat on and you will come across tons of potential ideas and um yeah I would say um, the big one for um, 
you know, old ephemera in that. My best luck has been eBay because it brings together the world in one place. And people who collect old ephemera and sell old ephemera, it's an easy platform for them to sell on. And um, I would say if you see something that you really like and you want to get it, um, look for lots of it, L-O-T-S, like a lot of it. Um, and you'll get a better deal if you buy it in lots as opposed to single pieces. If you buy in single pieces, you'll go broke. Don't do that. Um, but if you're going to make a bunch of journals and uh, you want to collect some things, maybe you want to collect old maps or you want to collect old letters or, you know, like maybe World War II letters or, um, uh, you know, but whatever. There's like so many things you can, can look up out there. Coupons and tickets and, and stickers and, and uh, um, uh, just so many things. And... Um, You'll have you'll get lost. That you'll just be gone for hours, and we won't see you or hear from you again for quite a while. And um, a lot of it can be mailed to you book rate, you know, the media mail uh, rate. So it's inexpensive for them to send it to you, which is kind of nice. And also, if you order multiple things from these guys, they will often just charge you one shipping. And uh, so what I would do is I would pick a bunch of things, put it in my cart, and then send the person a message. Listen, I'm interested in buying this set of things. What can you do for me? On shipping, and they almost always invariably give you uh, a one price to ship everything because it really doesn't cost them that much more to, sh- to ship a bunch of things, and um, more often than not. And then, um, what else? What else? Oh, um, the uh, oh, there was something else I was going to tell you. Oh, oh well, yeah, I'll have to tell you next time because I can't think of it. But um, yes, so oh, um, wait, I almost had it. When you're <laughs> you're on eBay and you, oh, uh, when you're looking for stuff, um, you can bid, like you can make offers, and definitely make offers. I mean, you'd be surprised. Like sometimes somebody will put some a price on it, and it says make offer. Make offer means make offer, and. Um, uh, that means they're willing to go lower than what they said. Now, some of them put reserves on and you won't even qualify unless you get to their threshold or um, they may just decline you. No, nope, no love lost. You don't know them. They don't know you. That's fine. Or they may counter offer and say, well, you know, I, I won't get, I won't take five bucks, but I, I might, I, I was asking 10, but I might take seven fifty. And when you're done there, you can agree or not agree. Or you can counter the counter offer, and you could say, "Well, you know, I'm willing to come up to six fifty. What do you think about that?" I say, "Go as far as you can, because there's no loss, you know, other than once you stop and, and agree to a price, then that's going to be your price." But um, um, some people have more wiggle room than others, and some people have to move more merchandise than others. Um, you know, we don't know what their space const- constraints are and things like that in their warehouses or wherever there's housing all of this stuff in there. Um, homes, you never know. Um, it's always a bit of a crapshoot because you don't know if it's going to come from a smoker's home or not. So uh, and we can talk about that in another podcast, I think, about how to deal with things that maybe smell musty or like cigarette or pet, things like that, where you can still salvage items but um, and, and make them as if they were new. Um, so we'll talk about that in another podcast. But um, obviously you want good, clean, quality stuff always. Um, <clears throat> but I just want you to know that the possibilities for you are endless out there and you can have a lot of fun. And remember that the hunt is half the fun when you're making junk journals. So make sure you're out there having lots of fun. Remember that fun can be simple and create with reckless abandon. And if you are looking for any of my items in my Etsy shop or my newsletter or my, um, uh, what else have I got? Something else. Newsletter, Etsy shop, 
uh, you know, any, any of that other stuff. Um, oh, any links to my Amazon store, if you're looking for tools and supplies and things like that, all down below um, every video. Uh, so have fun, everybody. And I can't wait to talk to you next time. Make sure you're having a blast today because you deserve it. Bye-bye.